This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 171. I'm James L. Rubart, but as always, you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Thumstadt Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about what to do in between books to keep your brand top of mind with your readers. But Thomas, first, New Year, our first episode of the new year. Tell me one thing you're excited about for 2019. I am excited for the next Avengers movie. I want to know what happens after the snap. Uh, And I'm (laughs) giving you warning, uh, dear listeners, uh, the spoiler gloves are coming off soon. I have very (laughs) basic tastes when it comes to movies, and I like me some Marvel movies. Jim, how about you? Well, it's interesting you say the Avengers because... Just two nights ago, my son, Mike, and I, we went and saw it in the theaters, but my wife has never seen it. So we started watching it. It's on Netflix right now. And my wife and I started watching it and she's really getting into it. So I'm having fun. It's always fun to have when you really like a movie to have someone else experience. So I will piggyback on that and say that I'm excited about the the Avengers movie. And I will add that I'm excited about our mastermind retreat, which is coming up as we're, we're recording this in just a week. So by the time you guys are hearing this, it'll be the next day. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, So, but without any further ado, let's get to it. In this episode, we're going to talk about building your platform in between books. And this is important because there's a temptation to go dark while you're writing your next book. And when you do this, it makes all of your marketing harder. People forget who you are. I know that's hard to hear, but, you know, do you remember the names of all of the authors of all the books you read last year? And, you know, do you still remember, like, are they still top of mind? That's important to maintain. And that is requires nurturing, especially if your books only come out every two or three years. It's even more important to keep your relationship with your readers fresh. And so we're going to talk about some ways to do that in this episode. A little philosophy to kind of get this within context so you guys can understand it. An airplane flying from Seattle to Chicago uses half its fuel to get to cruising altitude. And then the second half uses the rest of the fuel. So understand this 10 to 15 minutes uses half its fuel. Once it gets to cruising altitude, it backs off, uses the second half of fuel. If you're launching a book, you put all this time and energy into getting yourself out there and the promotion and emails and excitement If you go dark, you're essentially shutting the engines off and going back to the ground. And then you got to use all that fuel to get back up to cruising altitude. So what Thomas and I are going to talk about is ways to stay at altitude, even though you don't have a book coming out. I, I, for a long time, I did traditional advertising for retailers and I had one called Exercise Equipment Center and they sold high end fitness equipment. And they said, all right, Jim, man, we got to sock a lot of money into December. I mean, November, December, Christmas, that is our big sales season. So we got to put what, you know, 50, 60% of the money in there. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to spend it evenly throughout the year. And they said, that's crazy. You're saying we're going to spend the same amount in July that we spend in November and December? I said, yes, you are. Yeah, but people aren't buying in July. I said, you have to understand how advertising works. We want to be top of mind. So if you are top of mind in July, any ad that comes out for Exercise Equipment Center, even if it's your competitors, it's going to make them think of you. They had a little bit of a hard time buying into this, but I was telling them, keep the airplane flying. Don't let the airplane come back down to the ground because then you're using all the fuel to get back up in November and December. And they 
were an established company at that point, but they still had 33% increase in same store sales over the year before. And it just kind of blew their mind. So what we're saying to you is you need to be like the airplane. You need to be like exercise equipment center. You are a product. I know you're an author, but you're also a product. And so if we can stay top of mind and engage with our readers in between books, when that book does come out, it's like, oh, wow, they're already aware of you. It, it makes the purchase for them a much easier decision. And if you don't yet have a book out, you can still use these techniques we're about to share with you. Uh, so while they work in between books, they also work before your book comes out. So this is all about keeping you at flight uh, height, so to speak, which I, Jim, I love that metaphor that you have of uh, staying, staying up in the air because we don't want your marketing to crash. We want your marketing to soar ever higher and higher. So let's, without uh, any further ado, let's get to it. What's the first thing that authors should do to uh, maintain their platform in between books? Website review. That's your hub. And it's kind of like a tune-up or a, a checklist. Thomas, you really know a lot more about the technical side than I do. But even for those of you who aren't technical, you can have a few folks go in and look at your site if they haven't seen it before. And you could even do this, you know, quarterly. Just ask some folks, go, you haven't seen my site before, go in, just give me impressions of it. What do you think? What's working? What's not working? That's just real ground level stuff. You can rebuild if necessary. If enough people come to you and say, wow, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see anything. It doesn't make sense to me. You might make the choice to rebuild. And then Thomas, the technical side of things, there's things that can be checked. Are links working? Uh, what else can people do uh, on the technical side? There's a couple of websites that will analyze your website for free and give you recommendations on things to do to make them better. Uh, the two that I use the most often are WooRank and WebsiteGrader, and we'll have links to those in the show notes. Uh, and just looking at it yourself and asking yourself, how can we make this better? Especially if you go back and listen to some of our episodes on websites. We have some really good episodes on how to make your website better. Going back and listening to those episodes will give you ideas of ways to improve at your website. And you often don't have to start over. A lot of people feel like what needs to get fixed with their website is the look of it. And they, you know, oh, I need to have fresh colors, right? And, you know, a fresh look. And that actually doesn't do that much to move the needle in terms of the numbers. Uh, it, it can help if you're trying to look professional, but what has a much bigger impact and will help you sell more books is actually looking at the content. Is there any substance here? Uh, you want your website to have some substance, some reason to come back, some reason to visit in the first place. People don't visit a website because it's pretty. They visit the website because it has some substance. And what that substance is depends on the person and I have a course, a free course, actually, on Author Media. If you sign up at authormedia.com, we have a seven people to thrill with your website. Uh, didn't mean to mention that, but uh, it actually answers this question very well of uh, ways to improve your website. And, you know, if you just go through and be like, oh, how do I make this website better for Reader Rhonda? Uh, you'd be surprised how much better it gets without you having to spend very much money or any money. And let me just emphasize that one more time. I have a talk that I give at conferences called Content is King, Dictator, and Supreme Commander of the Universe. And it is absolutely true. When people think about building a website, what comes to mind is what it's going to look like. And to re reiterate what Thomas said is that's secondary. The first concern is what it says. Secondly, it'd be nice if it's beautiful. But it always, always, always comes down to content. And I'll have a link uh, to sign up for the newsletter in the show notes. So you can just scroll down to get that for free. 
All right, the second thing to do to maintain your platform in between books is to revise your reader magnet or create one if you don't have one at, <laughs> at all. So a reader magnet, also known as a lead magnet, is the free giveaway that people get as a thank you for signing up for your newsletter. So if you're writing uh, fiction, this is typically a short story, and this can be a really good thing to work on in between books, especially if you're working on books in a series. Let's say you're doing a trilogy. Book number one has come out. Book number two is coming out next year. Write a short story that with those same characters in that same story world or a short story with uh, in that same story world, but with different characters, right? If it's a fantasy um, uh, trilogy that you're writing or a science fiction trilogy, maybe on a different planet in the same galaxy, uh, there's a short story that takes place. So it's not too dependent on like you haven't decided plot decisions. You know, you, you're not, you don't want to commit yourself to anything, but you still want to give people a taste of your world. You know, write a short story that takes place in that world and give it away for free for people who sign up uh, for your newsletter. You'll find that this is very effective and driving signups. Or maybe you do a seasonal, if you have a romance, right? You have a, you know, you're the people who fell in love in the book number one in your series, you have them going on vacation, right? And it's a short story of the adventures and hijinks they get to on vacation. There's a lot you can do there. And then of course, if you're writing nonfiction, tip sheets, lead magnets, guides, uh, it depends a lot on your topic. Uh, But, you know, something short and punchy with a very clear benefit. And if you're saying, I did a lead magnet two years ago. You mean I have to do it again? <laughs> yes, you do. And you might, in between books, you have time to do this. You might say, I'm going to A-B test this. I'm going to create a different kind of lead magnet than I have now. And I'm going to test that for three months. And then I'm going to go back to the old one, see how that works. Um, and, and you're seeing what's going to be a better lead generator for you. Experiment at this point when you don't have a book coming out. This is where you can take the chance to experiment and go with some other ideas and just see what kind of results they bring you. Yeah. All right. The third thing you can do uh, to maintain your platform in between your books is guest blogging. Jim, uh, why is guest blogging important? Because it can often get you to an audience that has never seen you before or is unaware of you. And if you do a good job with that blog, you can generate people going, I got to find out more about her. I am going to go to your website and eventually sign up for, well, not eventually, I'm going to say hopefully right away, we'll sign up because of that lead magnet, sign up for your newsletter and you're going to grow your email list that way. The other thing is, When you go to a guest blog, you're not going to, and Thomas is going to talk about this in a second, but you just don't want to go to anybody who asks you. You want to go to somebody who has already built up a large following. You say, thank you very much. I'm giving you an excellent article for free, and you're giving me something for free, access to a large audience that I have not contacted before. And this is more helpful for nonfiction, I would say, than for fiction. Guest blogging is not that useful for novelists. Um, So if you're a novelist, just write another short story instead. <laughs> uh, and, and this is one you can skip. Uh, we are going to have a link in the uh, show notes to a way to look up the traffic of a blog. And specifically, you want to look at the Alexa score and you want as low a score as possible. If a blog does not have a, an Alexa score, so when you click the link in our show notes, you put that blog's web address onto the page you'll be at and it says no score don't blog because it means that website gets very, very little traffic. Alexa, I think tracks the top 10 million websites in the world and ranks them. 
So an Alexa score of number one means that you're the number one most popular website in the world. Uh, most blogs uh, that you'll have easy access to will have a, a score in excess of 100,000. It's very hard to get in a in the top 100,000. Um, although it's possible, and maybe on your topic you can do it. Uh, but if a blog has a score of like 7 million or 9 million, maybe it may not be worth your time because that's the kind of website that's only getting a, a, you know, a few hundred visitors a month. What's next, Thomas? What do we want to do next? Uh, The next thing is uh, focus on your newsletter. This is the main way that you're going to keep your relationship going with your readers. You don't want to hit them with an email every week necessarily, but you do want to hit them at least once a quarter for um, spam reasons, for no other reason. So MailChimp recommends uh, at least sending once a quarter. If you uh, send any less frequently than that, your spam reports are going to go up, your open rate, the number of people that open is going to go down. People will forget who you are. Um, so, you know, try to find something to send a monthly is kind of the sweet spot. Most uh, readers are happy to get a monthly email or a a semi-monthly email every other month, uh, just with an update on how things are going. And the, and if you're writing fiction and you're like, no, I don't have anything to say, then review books that are similar to your book. Hopefully you never stop reading and you have at least other people's books to recommend so that you're seen as the source for good reading on, in your genre. And that that's what you want. You want to be the source, right? You want people coming to you for book recommendations, not uh, recommendations from somebody else. Another thing you can do is work on your drip campaign. This is simply an onboarding sequence. Somebody signs up for your newsletter and there's a series of emails that goes out to that new subscriber. And one of the things that Thomas and I do is when we're writing a, an email to you guys, we'll bounce the ideas off of each other. We'll bounce the content. I'll say, Hey, Thomas, take a look at this. What do you think? And he'll come back with some edits or I'll come back with some edits for him. Well, you can do the same thing. You pick an author that you're friends with, maybe part of your critique group or someone you're friends with online on Facebook in a Facebook group. Say, let's critique each other's drip campaign. I want to improve this. I want to make this really good. Just like a good editor makes your book better. A good editor can make your email sequence better. You know, this it takes practice and, and have fun with it. If, if it's not fun for you to write, it's not going to be fun for them to read. So uh, email really is very powerful. All right. Uh, number five on ways of maintaining your platform is to get involved on Goodreads and Facebook groups. Jim, what the heck? <laughs> We're not telling people <laughs> to go to Facebook, are we? <laughs> there have been groups created in your genre, specific groups. And I can't tell you the number of times I have gone on there and my name is mentioned as a book that somebody liked. And I go in there and I just hit the love button or I just have a gif that, you know, somebody happy, this kind of thing. Or I'll make it, it. It takes me five seconds to make a comment and I'll get emails from people saying, oh, my gosh, I bought your book. I read your book because of the comment I saw on the Facebook page. I did not know you existed. We are doing all this promotion. And yet the reality is. Unless you're selling, you know, 100 million books, unless you're James Patterson or J.K. Rowling, so many people out there do not know about you. And so Facebook is a real easy way I've seen for my career where I can go on and it seems personal and it is personal because I'm engaged. It's me. And I've seen direct sales come out of that. So get involved. Find find a group. I'm going to disagree here a little bit. I know Jim and I agree on a lot of things, but this is one area where we do not agree. I feel like your time is better spent in general working on your next book uh, and working your email newsletter. I'm not saying avoid Facebook and Goodreads altogether, but I do see a lot of authors get lost where they're spending so much time on Facebook that it sucks their all of their productivity and the writing time away and they're 
output is is less and it's worse because they're spending time doing things that feel like work but aren't actually helping move the ball down the field. So in football, you want the guy with the ball to run north and south. You want him to run towards the end zone, not sideways up and down the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so, um, and sometimes Facebook, uh, it's time on Facebook and on Goodreads to a lesser degree is it's it's running sideways on the field. It's it's energy and it's effort, but it's not actually getting first downs and touchdowns. Okay, and I, I might go along with you a little bit, Thomas, but I'm saying it is valuable. Now, when I say I spend time on Facebook doing these kind of comments, I would say I spend, oh, probably three to five minutes a day doing it. it I guess it's like if you score the touchdown, it's worth it to do the little uh, dance and demonstration in the end zone because that endears you to the fans. Most of your concentration is going up and down the field, but man, at the end, you score that great play or you make that touchdown, you're going to spend a few minutes saying thank you. All right. The sixth way to maintain your platform is to promote your backlist. Uh, if you have multiple books out, one of the things you can feature from time to time is your older books uh, in your email newsletters or in other ways. You may even consider relaunching one of your books. We did a whole episode on that, uh, episode 134, if you want to listen to it. We'll have a link in the show notes. Just scroll down. And uh, you'd be surprised. You can get some great life out of the books you've already written. And talking about the books you've already written uh, can be a really great way to reintroduce um, your writing to your audience. I have a, a friend of mine, a New York Times bestselling author, and she took a year off of writing new books. And instead, each month, she did a quote-unquote launch for one of the books she'd already written. <laughs> and so she went through the promotion uh, like a lighter version of the promotion for each book. And she worked with her publisher and her publisher helped out. And it was a great way of selling the books she, she'd already written and kind of giving her time to recharge uh, leading into her next year of, you know, publishing books again. And so that's can be a really solid strategy. Two more points for you guys to think about. Number seven, learn. And by this, we mean take an area of marketing that you might not even be that excited about, but you know you need to learn it. We've been talking about newsletters, and as you know, Thomas and I are big guys on email and newsletters. Just Google MailChimp or just go to their resources. You can learn so much ticks, uh, tricks and techniques and ideas and innovations that you would never know if you didn't take the time to explore it. So we're saying take an area. You might want to go back and binge from the beginning. Well, not the first episode of novel marketing, but maybe start with number two. Our first episode is really bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but to start with episode two or three and go through and listen to novel marketing all the way through. I guarantee you will come away with an education and you will come away with some very actionable steps. And for those of you who are going, wow, you guys, gal, you got 171 episodes. That's a lot. One of the tricks that Thomas and I talk about here from time to time is both of us have learned how to listen to podcasts at two times speed so you can get through them twice as fast. It takes a little bit of a learning curve, but your brain, you'll be surprised at how quickly your brain adapts and you can do it. Um, and this applies obviously to any podcast. You can do it in, in half the time. And uh, finally, you know, we have lots of courses. So if there's something that you're wanting to learn about specifically uh, from time to time, we'll have a course that comes out on how to launch um 
your book. That can be a good course to take. We have the five-year plan, of course, that we talked a lot about. Uh, the price has now gone up. So for those of you who uh, put off uh, getting it, you now have to pay the new higher price. Uh, but it's still a, a great uh, learning resource and many other courses that we don't actually talk about that often on the show, like how to start a writer's group and the tax and business guide for authors, right? So maybe you want to focus on uh, the business side of things and and get your business house in order. That's actually a really great thing to do during uh, the time in between books, right? Get your taxes set up, get your business account set up. Maybe if you're going to set up an LLC, we have a course walking through walking you through all of that with an actual CPA. Great things to learn in between books, and then of course craft. You know, read a book on writing books. <laughs> read some excellent literature to help improve your writing. All of that will help uh, considerably. And the final point, Thomas, is what? And maybe the most important. Is to rest. Uh, so for everything, there is a season. And there's a season and to work hard. And there's a season to rest. And while we're wanting you to maintain your prominence in the eyes of readers, right? We want you to stay at 30,000 feet. We don't want you to be burning gas the way you were when you got here. Like the whole point of what we're talking about is about resting your way through this in a sense. These little things you do, like sending emails, which really isn't that much work uh, that keep you top of mind. Uh, It's also important to go and do those things that rejuvenate you, right? Go to a cabin in the woods to take your husband or wife to a bed and breakfast for a night or two and disconnect from the internet. Whatever it is for you that helps recharge your batteries, uh, that's a really important thing to do because there are seasons like during a book launch where you're working really hard and it's more of a sprint and less of a marathon and you want to have the energy for that um, so that you can do it well. So never neglect rest. (laughs) It's so important. Our featured patron this week, thank you, goes out to David L. Winters. His book, Driver Confessional, is about a Christian rideshare driver that lands in hot water with the Russian mob. Antonio and his cop brother must solve a murder before it's too late. Again, the name of the book is Driver Confessional. David, thank you very much for being a patron. And we'll have a link in the show notes where you can go and check out David's book. And if you want to become a patron, just go to novelmarketing.com. We have links right there in the menu. And thank you to all of our patrons who help make the show possible. And as a way of saying thank you, all of our $5 a month uh, patrons and up get a free bonus episode every month where we answer your questions. So, uh, and we people really enjoy that episode. They send in a lot of really great questions. And thank you so much to everyone who helps keep the show on the air. The sponsor this week of the Novel Marketing Podcast is the Rubart Writing Academy. This is an academy that I started with my son, Taylor, a number of years ago now. And it's not what we expected it would be, Thomas. We thought it was going to be teaching on the four pillars of publication, craft, business, motivation, and marketing and branding. Well, what it has evolved into, I guess from the start, it was this is much more than that. Yes, we will teach you about craft. Yes, we will teach you about branding and marketing business and staying motivated and inspired. Essentially, what I did to become a best-selling award-winning author. But Thomas, what we discovered is it has become much more than that in the sense that it's also about identity, is who you are at your core. It really, from the feedback from the students, it is about revolutionizing your entire life and believing you truly are who you are, the type of person that can step into this destiny of being a writer. So anyway, I'm not going to talk anymore about it. Our students say it better than I can. So if you're interested, we would love to have you check out the info 
on the academy that we're doing in Georgia. We had a couple students come last May to Chelan, Washington. They said, oh my gosh, this is so life changing. You have to bring it back east. So we're going back east to Blairsville, Georgia, March 21st through the 24th. And then we're having the academy here where I live in gorgeous Chelan, Washington, April 25th through the 28th. And you can go to rubartwritingacademy.com slash academy and get all the info. And when you say academy, uh, I think a big classroom full of people or even like a university, but that's not what this is. This is very intimate and hands-on. Is that right? Like a dozen students? Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that, Thomas. We limit the number of students. The 10 is the max that we will ever have because we want it to be intimate. It's held in a home. So it's community. It's getting to know people. It's building support. So yeah, it's very intimate. A lot of one-on-one time with Taylor and I, and yeah, we'd love to have you join us. All right. Very good. And uh, thank you all so much uh, for listening to the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.